With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, everybody, to the Fantasy Pros Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by Reality Sports Online. I'm your host, Scott Bogman. Follow me on the Twitter at Bogman Sports. I'm joined, as always, uh, by Pat Fitzmorris at Fitz underscore FF on the Twitter machine. And today we'll be bringing in a family episode, a fellow Fantasy Pros brother, Derek Brown at Dbro underscore FFB on the Twitter. And we're going to be doing a, a mock draft, a first year player draft. Um, it's going to be one quarterback PPR, all that good stuff. And, uh, Pat, you were at the draft just really quickly before we dive in here. Tell us what that experience was like. It seems like it's a lot of fun, but it seems also manic and crazy. It is manic and crazy, Bogman. It is uh, the in-person experience, I think, is something every NFL fan should try to tick off their bucket list. But if you really like watching the telecast and getting the highlights and the analysis with all the picks, then maybe the in-person draft is not for you. Because now, <laughs> it's funny, you think back to those early days of the draft, and it was like Jets fans aimed with like the Joel Buxbaum and the Our Lads draft the guide under their shoulders. a cigarette up yeah. there on the podium. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. I mean, that was for the hardcore draft next, and now it's <laughs> like, it's more like Halloween than an NFL yeah. experience. Like, it's a... Uh, it's about the pageantry. It's about the house band playing between picks. Um, and you don't really get those highlights and all this stuff. I was telling you guys before the show, I didn't even find out about the AJ Brown trade. I was in the theater and I didn't find out about it till I left the theater on Thursday night. That's wild. D bro. Have you recovered yet? You guys streamed uh, two days in a row. I did it for ITL. I streamed three days in a row. It was exhausting. I slept for 10 hours on Sunday. Uh, which felt great, but uh, have you fully uh, re- recuperated here? 
I'm I'm finally back on my feet a little bit between the the draft chaos and um, us really pumping out a ton of content over Fantasy Pros. And then I woke up uh, on Monday morning with a stomach bug. So like I was on the show yesterday. It was like I told the guys yesterday. I was like, this is like my Michael Jordan flu game. Okay, like this is where I'm at. (laughs) And I'm finally, finally somewhat recouped and a little bit back on my feet today. Uh, But it was it was crazy. It was awesome. Um, I mean, all the trades we saw, all the different like craziness we saw with quarterbacks and uh, how the draft really unfolded was amazing. And it was it was worth really the exhaustion. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was uh, it was a crazy three days. Uh, We're going to get into it here in a second. Before we dive in, though, I got to tell you, we have another giveaway this month. It is for a Cam Akers autographed jersey. Uh, So go ahead and enter right now. All you need to do is subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros. Take a screenshot, submit it to fantasypros.com slash dynasty contest. That's fantasypros.com slash dynasty contest. And you are entered in to win. Do it as soon as possible because this contest ends at the end of the month. And congrats to Todd from Illinois on winning the jersey last month. Congrats to him. But if you want a Cam Akers jersey, go and do that now. And just so you guys know, YouTube is the best way to experience this episode and follow along with our picks that will be on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros. This podcast, along with all other of our podcasts at fantasy pros, quick hitting videos, live streams can be found on youtube.com slash fantasy pros. Be sure to subscribe if you like our content because it really helps us out and click the bell to get notified of our latest content so you don't miss any of our awesome podcasts. So before we dive into this mock, and the order uh, is going to be super complicated here. It's going to go Debro, Pat, Bogman, Debro, Pat, Bogman, all the way through, and then snake back. So uh, not too complicated here, but let's just first talk because my original idea when it came to mocking for this show um, was, okay, let's do a PPR and then let's do a super flex and kind of see how they differ. Well, we kind of don't need the super flex one because there was only one guy that went in the first two rounds, which I don't remember the last time that happened for QBs in a draft, if ever. And, you know, Malik Willis and uh, Matt Corral and everybody else going in the Desmond Ritter, going in the third round, Sam Howell falling all the way to the, Fifth round, falling behind Bailey Zappi. It was crazy. So, uh, Pat, your thoughts. And while you were watching this live, were you like, what is happening? I want You had to have been clamoring for what are they saying about the quarterbacks dropping here? It must have been crazy from your end, right? Yeah, I think as things went on, I was maybe a little less surprised that the first round went the way it did. I, I was a bit surprised that we did see Kenny Pickett go b- before Malik Willis. I mean, the the joke with my buddies and I was that uh, Malik Willis had had that sit-down lunch with Mike Tomlin, and they had, you know, wings or whatever, and, like, did did Malik order his wings plain or, like, Parmesan garlic, something that, like, offended Mike Tomlin? That's yeah, so boneless wings, which to the purest are a no-go. So, anyway. Right. Chicken um, nuggets. That's what we call those. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, um but I mean, to not see Willis go in the second round was just that dropped my jaw. Yeah. I mean, Debro, w- when you look at this, I, I feel like it's almost a philosophical difference now. Like teams are um, saying, hey, look, we can succeed with average level quarterbacks if we surround them with a ton of talent. I kind of feel like that's what some teams are leaning towards. And that's why we saw 
the value of these QBs go way, way down the board. Is that a sense that you're getting Or do you think it was just way, just not a lot of talent in this QB class? I think it could be just um, <clears throat> something as simple as, as how the NFL, maybe, I mean, this could be just an overreaction to last year's QB class uh, with <laughs> okay. a lot of guys that were drafted with traits and things like that, that basically, had rough Trey Lance didn't seasons. play. Zach Wilson yeah. was bad. Trevor Lawrence Justin, was number one overall. He didn't look good. Justin Fields barely played. And when he did, he yep. didn't look good. I, yeah, I, it still I feels like that. an overreaction though. Like the fact that like right. Malik Willis, and we were talking about before we turned the mics on Malik Willis following all the way to the third round. And you could say what you will about like Matt Corral and, and Sam Howell again, and Drisman Ritter, uh, all these quarterback prospects I was not high on, but for Malik Willis to file the, all the way to the third round, like, it's too much. It's too much. Yeah. I mean, like considering his traits, even if you're talking about him being a project, I mean, the fact that like Jalen Hurts didn't even make it out of the second round a few years ago. And there were right. teams that Drew were divided Lock on like, yeah, Drew, Drew freaking lock. I mean, we've had make bad out of the guys going the first. Blaine Gabber was a first round pick, but I mean that that's also an overreaction for a desperation yeah. at QB. So yeah, no, I mean, like I feel like the, the if the NFL we would have seen like I was betting the unders on QBs taken in the first round. I thought it was going to be maybe one, maybe two guys. But the thing about it is, is that I feel like the NFL went too far the other side of this for pickett to be the only quarterback that goes in the first round and here's the other thing here's the other caveat guys if the steelers didn't take pickett and they just decided look we're cool with trubisky we'll get by where the hell would kenny pickett have gone in this draft like would he have slipped to the second round would he have slipped to the third round and all of these guys didn't go in the third round so honestly it feels like the nfl went a little bit too far to the left on this one but again, that's I'm sitting in my mom's basement right now talking about fantasy football. So what do I know? You know? <laughs> uh, I mean, look, man, as a Steelers fan, uh, seeing all those other QBs fall, it really made me mad. I was like, man, we could have taken Devontae Wyatt or an offensive mm -hmm. lineman, you know, whoever in the first round and <laughs> then waited and taken Malik Willis in the second round. Uh, so. Yeah, I was I was fairly aggravated at the drop after Kenny Pickett. I also was a Willis over Pickett guy. So uh, taking Same. Pickett wasn't very I mean, especially because it's Pittsburgh and he went to Pittsburgh and the Yenzers are going to want him to start immediately and then never want to cut him and, and all that good stuff. And I understand, you know, um, because like when Texas players go to the, the Steelers, I want them to succeed. Worked out great with Casey Hampton. Not so much with Lima Sweet, right? So, you know, uh, there's there's in between. But um, let's get into this draft here. Uh, we've got uh, three. We're going to do three rounds here. It's a dynasty PPR one QB, like we mentioned at the top. Debro, you are the I'm going to we'll call you a guest, but you're really just the <laughs> stepbrother that does a different show. So uh, you're you are number one overall. You have the number one dynasty pick in a rookie draft. Who is it going to be for you? I, I'm going to go sideways here, and I'm not going to take Brees Hall. I'm going to go with the number one guy on my board, and that is Drake London. Uh, I think the landing spot is fantastic. It's exactly where I kept mocking him to, to go to Atlanta. I think that he's going to walk into a bevy of targets in year one. Arthur Smith is licking his chops uh, with the fact that he just got a guy that he could use in the same ilk of A.J. Brown from Tennessee. So, or well, sorry, excuse me, the Eagles. Sorry, Pat, excuse me, uh, AJ whoa. Brown's in the Eagles now. So with that, I, I, 
Drake London is is my clear 101 in this class. PPR monster. Uh, he's absolutely going to be great. Wouldn't be my number one um, wide receiver or player on my board, but the upside is there. You know, Calvin Ridley's not there. They don't have many offensive weapons right now. Um, a lot of love for uh, Tyler Algier, which I know D bro is upset about. And we'll, we will get to in, in a little bit. Uh, so I saw your, your Twitter rants there, D bro, but uh, Pat um, you're up for pick number two, but before you pick is Drake London, number one on your board. He is number one among receivers, and he uh, had been moved up there before the draft, and his landing spot just sort of bolstered that. So gotcha. I have no issue with him being the number one wide receiver for D. Brawl. All but, right, so uh, your your pick is up. You're on the clock. Who's it going to yeah, be? Yeah, it's, it's still Brees Hall at number one overall okay. for me. And, uh, you know, I think we like the landing spot, even if we don't like it. Uh, if we're Michael Carter supporters, you know, that pretty much torpedoed him. But I do think, yeah, exactly. Wave goodbye to Michael Carter's value. Uh, so it's just a matter of how much work Brees Hall is going to get. I think it's going to be a really substantial amount. At, at worst, he's going to be the majority guy in a committee. At at worst, in an improving offense. So, um, you know, maybe it's not the absolute perfect landing spot, but it's a, a decent one. So, it's not a Houston or Atlanta, you know, it's not one of those teams where you can see him walking and getting 300 touches, right? Uh, but this is an offense that is run first. That is what Lafleur does. That's what they did in San Francisco. Uh, he came over. He's a Shanahan disciple. Uh, Debro, Brees Hall, not everyone's favorite landing spot, but it definitely, to me, hurts Michael Carter more than it hurts Brees Hall's value because Brees Hall will be number one. That's traded up for him all that jazz. Um, so if you don't have, if you've got a London one and you don't have Brees one, how far down the list would Brees be for you? Brees is number five for me. Um, okay. which I know everybody's rolling their eyes and they, You're can't, second they can't stand it first. I get it. They last longer in, in dynasty, right? I mean, so I understand what you're saying. Well, and I still have Kenneth. We'll get about it. We'll, we'll get to, we'll get to it. I still okay. have Kenneth Walker over Brees Hall. Okay, well, uh, you might be happy with my next pick then because I'm going to take Kenneth Walker at the number three pick right here. So I'm not happy uh, with that. I wanted to take him. <laughs> All right. Well, look, he, here's my rationale uh, is that uh, number one, wide receivers are cheap in this draft, right? Uh, they, they are cheap. They, there are a lot of them. There are a lot of good ones and a lot of good landing spots as well. So I love a ton of these wide receivers. Running backs, not so much. I know that this isn't um, the best spot for uh, Kenneth Walker to land, but there's a couple things that go into this for me. Number one, I'm a Rashad Penny hater. Don't know why he went in the first <laughs> round. Uh, guy uh, played 10 games for the first time ever, I think, since his rookie season last year. Um, he's only started six games, games in his career, and they were all last season. He was very, very good at the end, but that is not going to wipe away how unhealthy this guy has been over his career to me. So number two, Kenneth Walker to me is going to be the focal point of this offense because Drew Locke is going to be throwing the ball. Drew Locke or Geno Smith, and that is not what you want. 
you want uh, a running back that's going to get a massive amount of carries. I believe this is why they drafted um, Kenneth Walker. And they added two offensive tackles that would possibly start for them and cross and Abraham Lucas as well. So I feel like they are kind of trying to remake this offense as a run first offense. Now you have a two headed monster in Walker and Penny. It helps Penny too, because he doesn't have to take all those carries and uh, have more opportunities to get hurt. So I think they're going to use him a lot. And uh, this is kind of a volume play for me. Plus the fact that the wide receivers are so cheap. And after these top two RBs, it gets fairly foggy. So uh, Pat, your thoughts on Kenneth Walker going three overall. Yeah. So I actually had that option of taking him number three overall in uh, my first rookie draft of the year. And I actually went in a different direction. Okay. Um, I, I guess I got cold feet at the end bugs and we've talked about this and I know I don't want to get into this with too much with D bro because <laughs> uh, a, uh, just because a guy did not catch passes as a running back in college does not mean he is incapable of that. And we've, yeah. you know, talked about this and we've seen it with some other guys like AJ Dillon going from a system where he caught Fournette. no passes for nets and uh you know becoming prolific pass catchers maybe not prolific with dylan but like showing that he was a competent pass catcher uh so far in green bay so i got cold feet and went with a, a wide receiver but i i do like the pick i think like walker is you know number three is where he comes into play and is probably going to be the chalk play there i think i've seen yeah. some early rookie adp for dynasty and it was Walker at 103, and I I really don't have any beef with that. Debro, uh, you said you had Kenneth Walker at three, so you're obviously in on this pick. Yeah, I mean, I'm in on the pick. I mean, the thing about it is then people still have problems with the fact that I have Kenneth Walker over Brees Hall. But one, walking into the draft where we knew landing spots, Kenneth Walker is handedly the better rushing talent over Brees Hall. Everybody gets to the passing game, and, and I've laid it out multiple times. I think that Brees Hall's pass game usage and his abilities in that area are a little bit overstated. Like, if you look at his yards per outrun over the last three, four years, not great. They're really not great. And the other thing about it is his pass protection. I mean, all these guys need to work on that. But I still have Kenneth Walker over Brees Hall after the landing spots because guess what? Brees Hall's got to deal with Michael Carter for the next three seasons. That period. Unless he gets hurt, he's going to be there. And Michael Carter regardless of what everybody says about his size, what have you, he is a really good receiving back. Like, really, really good at catching the football. He could take routes away from Brees Hall. We can't just say, okay, they paid up. And if this is a San Francisco type of system, then they used a lot of two backs. They used multiple backs in their system. We can't say that that's not in the range of outcomes for Brees Hall. What I can tell you about Kenneth Walker is Rashad Penny's on a one-year deal. Chris Carson from this draft pick, and unfortunately for Chris Carson, I, I, I same, I don't think we ever see him play another down of football that makes my me sad in my heart for Chris Carson as a player that I loved watching him play. Fantastic story, you know, for what he did. And then uh, as well as Seattle giving him the second contract, you know, you love to see guys getting paid. But sadly enough, I don't think we see him play another down in the NFL. And so what are we talking about here, guys? Kenneth Walker is a Rashad Penny injury away from owning the backfield. Owning it. Like, what, what, Travis Homer's going to take snaps away from him? Come on, please, please, child. DJ Dallas is going to (laughs) take snaps away from him? Hell no. No Miami running back will take uh, snaps from him. That's correct. No. Yeah. Uh, It's not going to happen. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I I like Hall over uh, Walker, just for the record. 
Um, I think that, uh, like, like Pat mentioned, uh, for me, Brees Hall is going to be the lead of a two back system, uh, but they're run first and, and that offense looks pretty good offense in Seattle with drew lock leading it right now. Doesn't it's not very encouraging, but the workload is there for Walker. All the running backs uh, have short lifespans. Uh, so if you don't take one here, you're still going to be looking for one. Uh, so that's kind of why I have those two RBs ahead of the wide receivers in, in my list. But Debro, you are back up for another pick and pick number four in this mock. Who's it going to be? Uh, I'm going to go Jamison Williams, wide receiver out of Alabama. He is my number mm-hmm. two overall player. I love his game. I don't care about the ACL. Um, it wasn't a complicated uh, ACL. Like he didn't have other injuries or damage on top of that. I think he's going to come back. He's going to be fantastic. I don't care about the landing spot with Detroit uh, because you're going to trade up. You're going to take a guy that high. He's going to be the spearhead of your passing attack moving forward whenever he's healthy. I think the talent he could be him and Drake London are in a tier by themselves in my rankings. Like I think both of them have alpha type of upside. I, I love this pick. Jamison Williams is my number one wide receiver uh, coming out of this class. And um, I know Jared Goff isn't the best, but now they have, they signed DJ shark. The remember DJ, TJ Hawkinson was eighth overall pick a couple of seasons ago, Deandre Swift and Jamal Williams in the backfield. And now you add in a, a threat like Jamison Williams. This season might is fairly clouded to see what he's going to end up doing. Like, bro said he's coming off the acl injury here pat um but he could be back by week seven if he starts on the pup and uh is able to work through this injury because acls are no longer miss a full year for sure now it's like six seven months you know if you're a year that's kind of a long recovery from an acl injury at this point which is strange to see but advances in medical science have put us here pat so what do you think about this jameson williams pick yeah, so you guys, uh, like, I won't dismiss the possibility that he could be an alpha, as Debro was saying, but I don't know if we should dismiss the possibility that he's going to be more of a Deshaun Jackson type, where he's not really an alpha, where he's more of a field stretcher type guy and, and turns into that sort of player. Then you add the the fact that you're not going to be getting him for, for six games and um, at least... Know, just, at least six games and the QB uncertainty with Detroit. So I, I guess that's what had me uh, dropping him below some of the other first round receivers, but I really don't have a big beef with it. There's like not a lot of separation for me right. with some of these first round receivers. Uh, I, I agree with that because I have, you know, it's the two running backs and then a, a slew of wideouts next. So uh, you are up next, Pat, who is pick number five going to be here. Yeah, so this is the guy I took at 103 in my other draft ahead of Kenneth Walker. It's Traylon Burks. And, uh, you oh. know, Boggs, you and I have had this mutual uh, appreciation for him and his game and his toughness and everything. And maybe some people think he was used in sort of a gadgety way at Arkansas. But I don't know. I mean, like we had said, Arkansas's quarterbacking was uh, such that it was necessary to scheme touches for Burks in unconventional ways. So this guy's a competitor. Um, you know, even if the the speed didn't show up at the combine, it shows up on film. And I mean, now the runway is very clear for him in Tennessee with AJ Brown out of the picture. And maybe he's something close to a one for one replacement for AJ Brown. 
Yeah, I'm upset about this pick because he was 100% going to be my next selection here. And I, I'm with you, Pat. I love the, the landing spot in Tennessee with uh, no A.J. Brown. Um, you know, it's Derrick Henry or bust at this point. Uh, Traylon Burks is a rookie. Ryan Tannehill hasn't looked great without A.J. Brown. Hopefully, uh, Burks is able to turn him around here. Um, is Burks the guy that you would have taken here, D-Bro? And what do you think about it, this landing spot in Tennessee? I think the landing spot is the best best case scenario for him. I think it's fantastic for him, um, considering his skill set and a lot of my concerns. Um, it alleviates a good bit of them. My 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 worries still with Burks come down to, I think that he. Uh, so the difference between him and the player that I have actually a wide receiver that I have over him is um, I have Christian Watson over Traylon Burks. I have Garrett wow. Wilson over Traylon Burks. And a lot of this comes down to, I think Garrett Wilson is a supreme route runner. I think that he um, offers more yak ability than even Traylon Burks. Like if you look at how he wins, I think Burks is a guy that I, I worry some about how his game transfers to the NFL, but the Tennessee Titans are the perfect landing spot for him. And I have bumped him up in my rankings considering that because his route running is a projection, but Tennessee, I don't think is going to ask him to do a lot of those different things. They're going to basically say, okay, here's a bunch of in-breaking routes. Here's screens. Here's, we're going to put the ball in your hands, just like they did with AJ Brown in his rookie season. So perfect landing spot for him, but I still got two guys above him. Uh, Pat, Pat and I are going to wholeheartedly disagree with your take on, on Traylon Burke. <laughs> I was uh, waiting for it. I was look, waiting look, for the, it. The, uh, uh, the the fact that Malik Willis could be starting for this team next season as well, I think, uh, bodes well for him. It's familiar. You know, he's used to a quarterback that's not very accurate. And they will design ways to get the ball in his hands, too. Uh, you can even stick him in the backfield and give Derrick Henry a little bit of a breather uh, back there. So uh, I'm way more excited uh, for Burks, uh, apparently, than you are. But my I'm up for this next pick, and I am going to go with the aforementioned Garrett Wilson from the New York Jets. For a couple reasons here. I know I've said that this is a run first team and it is right. But I believe in Zach Wilson still. I know a lot of people don't. A lot of people think, oh, man, you know, the Jets, they take Sam Darnold. He didn't work out. He's in Carolina now. Now we take Sam Darnold 2.0 over here in Zach Wilson and he didn't work out. But there were issues along the offensive line. Elijah Moore wasn't healthy the whole season. Corey Davis wasn't healthy the whole season. They didn't have a good receiving tight end. Now they signed Uzama. They have two backs now. Uh, Makai Becton slimmed down from his 400 pounds. He showed up to as camp in camp last season. So I think with a good offensive line and good weapons, this is kind of what I was talking about with the thought process of taking quarterbacks later for a lot of teams is just surround your guys with talent. Miami did it by trading for, uh, you know, Tyreek Hill. Uh, the Raiders did it by trading for Devontae Adams and the Jets tried to do it by trading for Debo Samuel didn't work out for them, but they take Garrett Wilson, who is a supreme talent. Like you said, the route running, um, the, the ability to get open deep and be a huge play threat. I love Garrett Wilson. Um, Pat, what do you think about Garrett Wilson with the Jets in this pick here? Yeah, I mean, also like the tightly bunched here, Boggs and, and Wilson is certainly in it. Uh, don't dislike the landing spot. I kind of dislike it for Elijah Moore, but that's a different story. Um, yeah, they're they're giving him weapons. And there was that comparison of what the Jets have done for Zach Wilson in the last couple of years as far as skill position talent, adding Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson, Michael Carter, 
uh, Brees Hall, Jeremy Ruckert, and uh, compared to what the Bears have done with uh, Velas Jones being the one. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so, yeah, they're um, doing a nice job of surrounding Zach Wilson with talent, maybe making him a little more appealing in a super flex dynasty format. So I, I do like the landing spot for Wilson. No, no, no bias Wilson. coming from 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 the Packers here, uh, Packers fan here. So <laughs> at, at all about what the Bears have been doing. Uh, Debro, you already talked Garrett Wilson up a little bit. Any any other points to make on him? No, I mean, uh, I, I kept mocking him to the Jets and people put London uh, in that landing spot uh, pre NFL draft. I just think Wilson is a perfect uh, fit for what they want to do. Use him on crossers, get him into space and just let the guy just yak for days. So, yeah, you know, I love yeah. the landing spot. Yeah, I think it's great. So you are back up for uh, pick number seven. Who is it going to be here? Uh, I mean, I'm just going to lean into Pat's Packerdom here. Um, I'm going Christian Watson, baby. I love Christian Watson. I have not moved off of this. I have been there. And this is not just a senior bowl thing, but I... I take a lot of issue when people talk about Christian Watson as being a really raw prospect, but they don't flip that to Traylon Burks. I, I still contend that Christian Watson is the guy that everybody wants Traylon Burks to be. Um, but and, you understand and, that like Traylon Burks is out here doing it against the SEC and Christian okay. Watson is doing it against FCS opponents. And know? that has no bearing on the fact that he toasted, roasted, burnt every cornerback that lined up in one-on-ones at That's the true. senior bowl and better competition nobody could guard him the entire week. So seeing that up close and that I, I take issue when people talk about Christian Watson as uh, it's just, to me, it's lazy when people are like, Oh, he's the MVS replacement. Like, dude, no, this guy is way, way better. He's is he fast as hell? MVS. Yes. He's really fast. Is he a better wide receiver and more polished than a lot of people give him credit? Yeah, I do believe so. So, I mean, if we're, I, if, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, D, bro, because if we're going to just say he's MVS, then why wouldn't we say he's Calvin Johnson, right? Like, if you're just looking at body type and all that stuff, look at his relative athletic score. Look at what he did in the combine. He was it's you ridiculous. Know, 10. So, what are we ridiculous. talking about? Yeah, I, I don't like that at all. Uh, Pat, uh, Packers fan, they finally go out. I mean, the, the first round probably had you a little nervous. You know, because they didn't take that wide receiver there um, where everyone had projected them to. They wait till the second round. They still pick up a great one. And Christian Watson, your thoughts. And do you have Watson this high, even as a Packers fan? I don't have Watson quite this high, but I like the pick. I'm not upset that they did not pay the exorbitant price they would have needed to pay to go up that high. Because we saw those six receivers taken from pick 18 to pick uh, from pick eight to pick 18 six receivers came off the board and you know I knew when Jahan Dotson went 16th that like the price on receivers in the first round was just going to be too <laughs> steep for them so um you know rather than trade just a boatload of draft capital they still give up two second round picks to move up to the top of the second but I was okay with the move um as Debro mentioned like the the other senior bowl cornerbacks voted Watson like the best receiver in Mobile that week so yeah um I think at worst, he is a one-for-one -one replacement for MVS as a tall, fast receiver who's maybe had a little bit of issues with drops. That's his um, floor. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that's, that. That's the dead floor. And, you know, rather than pay, what, a ridiculous amount for MVS to re-sign with him, you get a cost-controlled MVS for the cost of two later second round picks. I'm totally cool with that. And I like his upside. Obviously the upside is significantly higher than Marquez Valdez scaling. 
Before we move on, I got to do a read here. By now, most of you have probably heard of Reality Sports Online, the powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy team like an NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? It's time to go see what all the buzz in the dynasty community is about. Free agency, multi-year contracts, a rookie draft, multi-team trades, franchise tags, contract extensions, first-round rookie options, uh, automated contract and salary cap functionality, and much much more i think it sounds complicated it is not the best thing about reality sports online fantasy front office is that it doesn't take any more time than a standard league it just requires more strategy think you're among the fantasy elite well this is the platform to test your metal still not sure you can test your general manager skills for free FRWE in a mock free agency auction if you like what you see use the promo code fantasy pros to receive a 10 percent discount on your team or league today fantasy just got real at reality sports online Com. All right, Fitz, you are up for pick number eight here. Who's it going to be? All right. So I know that maybe uh, with the landing spot, this would have lifted some other guy, maybe ahead of this guy, but I'm sticking with Chris Olave and I like the landing spot well enough. And we've talked about his route running, uh, you know, the best route runner in the class and sub four, four speed. And I don't hate the fact that he's pairing with Jameis Winston, who is not shy about going downfield with, yeah. uh, you know, a guy who's maybe in coverage, like he's willing to throw it up and let his guys go get it. So he's not really going to compete for the same targets that Michael Thomas is going to get. So all he's got to do is, uh, you know, beat out Marquez Callaway in, in training camp. And, uh, you know, that those deep balls from Jameis belong to Chris Olave. Yeah, I, I love this pick. I I, I like this um, in terms of, you know, they traded up. So the guy is going to be starting from day one. Michael Thomas may not even end up on the Saints roster uh, beginning this season. I mean, probably will, because if he was going to get traded, most of the times those trades happen uh, pre-draft. But I'm not convinced some of these guys. I mean, Debo could still end up being traded before the season started. A lot of other guys could end up being traded uh, still, too. But um, this guy comes in, and he can be an immediate number one for the Saints. Uh, so, uh, Debro, do you have a couple other wide receivers ahead of Olave? Is he kind of at the bottom of this top end wide receiver tier or do you have him right in this range right here? He's in the same range. I think you can make an, uh, an easy, um, well, an easy case like Pat laid out for Chris Olave. I mean, whether you want to go draft capital, you want to go landing spot. I mean, it's not crazy to say that. I mean, I had to go back and look at Michael Thomas's contract, but I'm pretty sure that the saints, can get out of it after this year. So you're looking at a player that maybe he's their number one next year. You know, that that's not far-fetched to say. Now, I do have one wide receiver over Chris Olave. I'm kind of curious if you're going to snipe me here, Boggs. I am. Um, I am. You are. You are. Mm-hmm. I knew you were because you're sharp. I knew it. Yeah. I knew it was going to happen. So why don't you just go ahead and and right. lay out the love letter for the guy you're about to take and hurt my heart with it. Okay, well, uh, well, first of all, I don't have a love letter for this guy because I don't think I am as enthused as other people oh, are about okay. Sky Moore, um, uh, mainly for this season. Uh, because uh, I am taking Sky Moore, the wide receiver from the Chiefs, to pick number nine here. And uh, I have him over Jahan Dotson uh, in Washington, which is a surprise because Jahan Dotson went pick 16. But this is, we're, we're thinking dynasty here, right? We're thinking long-term. And this is what I know about Sky Moore. I know that Sky Moore is going to be with Patrick Mahomes for the next four years of his career, bottom line, right? So he's going to be with Patrick Mahomes throwing him the football. And they have wide receiver options. This is why in redraft, I'm going to be low 
on Sky Moore because I think it's going to be between Sky Moore and uh, Nicole Hardman to win this job. And Hardman, they took as a project. And guess what? He has worked. This is a guy that has worked. He has very little experience in Georgia. He he comes into the NFL. Uh, he has to sit behind a lot of guys. They get rid of Tyreek. And now it's his time to step up. He made a bunch of plays in the playoffs as well. So I don't think Sky Moore comes in and is immediately a starter because they have MVS, because they have uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. So I think that third spot is going to come down between those two guys. And I'm not convinced that Sky Moore is immediately going to beat out Hardman. Now, I do think that he is a much better prospect than Hardman. I think he's a better all-around player. But... If you want him in the slot, you're gonna have to. He's gonna have to adjust because he spent his whole career playing outside of Western Michigan. So I think it's gonna take a year for Sky Moore to really give us these huge games. He'll have a couple good ones this year, I'm sure, but I don't think he comes in and blows the world away like a lot of people think. But your long-term future is a great wide receiver playing in the slot with Patrick Mahomes. It's a good place to be, man. Way better than being in Washington, where Carson Wentz is your quarterback right now. And who the hell knows what's going on with the the you know this franchise overall and who's going to be the quarterback there in future seasons. So for me, it is Sky Moore with a little bit of, you know, not the not so much the love letter. So Fitz, what do you think about Sky Moore and the Chiefs going in this spot? Yeah, you summed it up pretty well, Boggs. Um, uh, an appealing landing spot, but not a slam dunk that he gets a, a really significant target share. It could be, you know, more of a, a 14, 15% in year one. That wouldn't yeah. surprise me, but, you know, it's going to expand. And he's in a, you know, great offense designed by uh, the mad genius of the NFL. So, like, <laughs> the outlook is pretty bright. Yeah, I mean, Debro, uh, I I know you love him. I love him too. Yep. I love uh, I'm him. I'm pumping the brakes a little bit on redraft, but for Dynasty, he's got to go ahead of Dotson. I think he goes ahead of Dotson for me. Um, I have him ahead of Olave and Dotson for me. Okay, um, and I, I love Sky Moore. Um, I I went a long long rant. Uh, on our uh, sister show um, about Sky Moore, and I think that he's a fantastic player. I think that there's still another level of his game to be unlocked. He plays like a running back in the open field. I, I, there's so many parts or pieces to his game, and the fact that the Chiefs took him this high, being an early declare from a small school, you usually don't see like guys that come from this small a school get this type of capital and being an early declare. And Sky Moore checks so many different boxes for me. So I, I love him. I think that there, there is a range of outcomes. Um, and, and I know that I'm extremely high on him. So maybe, you know, I've got rose colored glasses, but I think that there is a range of outcomes where he's the number two this year behind Travis Kelsey. I'm not a big Juju Smith Schuster guy. I'm just not, How I'm not you? a big McCall Hardman guy. I'm just not, I, I mean, I think that this draft pick says everything about what the chiefs want to do. And they, if they were sold on Hardman, this is a this is a perfect scenario for Hardman to step up and be the guy and the Chiefs going in the second round with a wide receiver says that like they're like, well, he's he's just not that, you know, yeah. so just trying to read the tea leaves between free agency and the fact that they signed two other wide receivers, you know, but just trying to read the tea leaves of like what the team is telling us by the moves they made. So um, I love Sky Moore. My pick right here. So since I am up on the clock is going to yep. be Jahan Dotson. Um, and the thing about it is, is John Dotson, you're making a bet on draft capital and the, is the landing spot fantastic? No, 
But the other part about this is if this team doesn't re-sign Terry McLaurin, like if he they don't want to pony up the dough, we could see Jahan Dotson, much like Chris Olave, be their number one as soon as maybe next year. So if Washington doesn't want to hand out this massive contract to Terry McLaurin, then John Dotson could be the number one. And I, I, the other thing about it, when I wrote up Dotson for the Dynasty Rookie Draft Kit, is that his quarterback play in college, and a lot of these guys dealt with middling quarterback play, but his quarterback play in college was rough, god awful, terrible. Yeah. Like Sean Clifford is bad. <laughs> there are multiple routes where you see John Dotson wide open. He he get the ball sails over his head, or it goes into no man's land, and he's he's breaking off routes and he's creating separation. And the quarterback either holds the ball or sails it straight over his head. So there were so many instances of Jahan Dotson, like yards left on the field, not because of Jahan Dotson, because the quarterback play was just that God awful that I think that there's a range of outcomes where Jahan Dotson could be a really, really good value in dynasty rookie drafts because we've seen he gets the capital. And if he does walk into next season as Washington's number one wide receiver, the volume's going to be there as well. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm with you as far as the bad play goes. I, I, I would have been, it would have been interesting to me to see if Dotson went to the chiefs, right. And sky Moore mm-hmm. went to Washington because there's so many sky Moore uh, uh, truthers out there to see what the reaction would have been. But sky Moore ends up in the best spot. Uh, Pat, Pat's your your thought on uh, J- Jahan Dotson going to the commanders here and uh, what do you think about his future and do you have him or Sky Moore ahead I had Sky Moore one spot ahead um, me too so yeah and I I Boggs you and I have talked about our appreciation for Jahan Dotson and how competitive yeah. he is for a smaller guy like going the way he fights for balls in the air like reminiscent of Tyreek Hill yeah and uh you know just the pure speed and as Debro mentioned, you know, uh, Dotson got a lot of practice on on those high pointing, uh, high pointing Aaron throws from Clifford yeah. the Big Red Dog. So, um, <laughs> yeah, man, uh, I really like the player. Not an ideal situation with the Washington quarterbacking and uh, the presence of Terry McLaurin, at least for now. But um, you know, I, I still think he is a first obvious first round value in a rookie draft. Uh, you know, whether it's super flex or one quarterback. So uh, I'll go ahead and make pick 112. And uh, man, the wide receiver tier is starting to empty out here. So I'll yep. sneak in and uh, grab George Pickens before it's, okay. before the shelves are, are totally bare. Um, no, you know, we've, uh, we know the knocks on Pickens. Maybe there's some concerns about, you know, character and attitude, but um, man, this dude really talented. He's been beset by some injuries that maybe kept him from having the college career we thought he was going to have. But, um, you know, there's a lot of potential. There's AJ Green potential here. So going for that Uh, AJ Green potential, I'm sure you didn't totally hate this pick as a Steelers fan. No, no, obviously I I like Pickens, you know, um, I, I talked him up a lot on uh, this podcast and, and others, uh, this off season. And it, this pick makes me nervous. I'll say that because the Steelers have had some locker room stuff, you know, uh, Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, uh, you know, uh, there, there's been a lot of little things here and there uh, in the Pittsburgh locker room. So, so to add a guy like this to a now younger offense, 
um, uh, is is a little scary, but the talent is incredible there. I, he has that A.J. Green in his prime type of upside. You're absolutely right, um, but he's a risk for sure. I mean, he even looked like a weirdo when he got drafted. I'm not sure if you guys saw that video yet, but he looked very strange. Uh, so, guy, he's a weird cat, uh, but a great talent. Debra, what do you think of Pickens here uh, in this spot? Um, I, I like him in this spot. I mean, he's in the right tier where he should be and stuff. I'm a little bit lower on Pickens than I think consensus is. Um, I view his game a little bit differently than other people. Um, considering his speed and his, his height, a lot of people look at him as a vertical threat. I don't think that's actually where he succeeds the best right now. Um, you see him get bullied by some small corners. Um, it's, it's littered through his tape and have, um, inconsistencies at the catch point. Is the the massive ceiling there for Pickens if he could put it all together, if he can shore up some of these areas of improvement? Yeah, it surely is. You know, and I think the other thing about this is that if you if it Pickens and where he goes in rookie drafts, and I don't think people will equate the two of it, the two of it is that your thoughts on George Pickens are is also slightly married to your thoughts about Kenny Pickett. Because if you if you're higher on Pickett or you think he's going to be an above average quarterback and support multiple weapons, then you're probably a little bit higher on George Pickens, um, or vice versa. If you don't think that Kenny Pickett's going to be anything more than a league average starter, and then it's kind of like, how many weapons can he support? Because there's a lot of people to sit here and feed targets to right now. You know, Deontay Johnson, even if he leaves in free agency after this year, still got Chase Claypool. You got Calvin Austin there. You got Pat Fryermuth. You got Najee out of the backfield. So it's not like, you know, the target competition totally goes away. Right. Although I do see the upside for George Pickens, but I, I, I find myself a little bit lower um, than consensus on him. And, you know, the Steelers have not extended Deontay yet. So if, if that doesn't happen, uh, Pickens could be seeing a lot more targets, especially if Kenny Pickett is working out. Uh, surprisingly, I had these two guys just ahead of Pickens uh, in my ranks here. Uh, my first pick at number 12, the last pick in the first round, I'm going to take running back James Cook uh, going to the Buffalo Bills. My reasoning for this selection here is because, look, and I know that they even came out today and said that they see him as a receiving running back, right? They already had JD McKissick. James Cook is going to wipe JD McKissick off of this roster. I think, I don't know if he'll make the team. Uh, McKissick is uh, outstanding or excuse me. Uh, Cook is outstanding. He's going to be able to play in the slot. If they want, he can play outside as a wide receiver and he can play as running back. So third and long is going to be third and James Cook a lot this season. Uh, number two, he's way better than Devin Singletary in all aspects of his game. He's faster. He can catch better. And I think he's better between the tackles. So um, I think that, uh, you know, running backs are hard to come by in this draft. Uh, there's another, you know, there's a couple more that we, we do like, but they're hard to come by. So I got to get one, especially if I'm on the end in this spot. So uh, Cook is going to be one. My second one, the first pick in the second round is going to be uh, John Mechie, the wide receiver going to the Houston Texans, of course, coming off the ACL surgery in December. But this is an opportunity for him to come in and be a number one, to be a possession guy for this team. Brandon Cook's probably gone after this season. Uh, Nico Collins is your big red zone type of target. Uh, they still need weapons on this team for Davis Mills, but uh, building a rapport early in his career is going to be really, really solid for him. So uh, we're going to pick up the pace a little bit here in the second round. But before we do that, uh, James Cook and Mechie, Pat, your your thoughts on those guys. You're muted. Yeah, so uh, for Cook, 
um, I agree. Like he was the next running back who had to come off the board for sure. And uh, I just like Pickens a little more there. That was kind of a close call. Um, Mechie, I'm not sure if I like as much as uh, some other people, you know, maybe just like, I don't know, the athletic measurables aren't great. His last year at Alabama, he averaged, I think, under 12 yards a catch. So I don't know if he's got the same sort of Jamison Williams explosiveness. Um, and, you know, the landing spot, eh, you know, maybe maybe Brandon Cook stays or maybe goes. So uh, he was a little high for me, but you okay. know, I, I don't totally hate it. I think I'm just a lot lower on Mechie than other people are. Gotcha. Debra, what do you what do you think of uh, Cook and, and Mechie here? Um, I'm lower on Mechie. I, I feel like that was more of a culture selection as high as he went for the Houston Texans. Then you have Casario come out here and say all this crap about like players and, you know, marketing deals and blip, 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 blip. like basically <laughs> it's like he, he it was a culture pick and it was a helmet pick. Like I don't think John Mechie deserved to go in the second round um, personally. Um, it, it would be a little bit different for me with Mechie if we would have seen him like he had every opportunity to be the number one wide receiver in Alabama this year, except a guy came off the streets and stole the role from him and excelled in it with Jamison Williams. So um, I think he's a solid player, but he's more of a floor pick than a ceiling pick as far as how I look at him. Um, but I, the James Cook pick, and I, I'll, I'll say this real fast because I know we got to keep, we got to get moving. But with James Cook, everybody talks about him being just a receiving back and things like that. That's not bad for a team that's probably going to throw the ball on 65% of their plays and be top three in neutral script passing rates. If he is the passing down back on a team that says every single play, we're going to throw the ball like that. That's fine. Then he's going to play all the steps. Alva Kamara is also just receiving back, by the way, just so. And, you know, that that's that's what he was when he came out of Tennessee. And that is how uh, James Cook is being viewed right now. All right. Second pick in the second round. Pat, you are up after my Mechie pick. Who's it going to be? Yeah. So I think now we have to get to the point where we're sorting out these running backs. And uh, for me, I kind of like Damian Pierce's landing spot. We have talked about his uh, misuse at Florida under Dan Mullen. Um, I think there's considerable upside here and there's a chance for him to walk in right away and have a really sizable load i think uh everyone knew that marlon mack was not going to be the guy there i think pierce has a chance to be at least one a in a committee from day one yeah marlon mack not making a lot of friends uh in houston Debro, you are up for the third pick in the second round who are you going to take here I love Pat's pick of Damian Pierce. That's one of my man crushes. I'm going to stay on the Pierce train and I'm going to go Alec Pierce wide receiver from Indy Colts. Um, Look, he tested out out of the combine like he blew out the gym Uh, being a second round pick, although I think there's a lot of things that he needs to clean up in his game as far as route running and being a better after the catch receiver and better on intermediate routes. The draft capital tells us and the Colts love size speed guys. So I'll take the shot on the draft capital and the talent. Uh, I I like that pick a lot for me. My next pick is going to be Kenny Pickett, the uh, quarterback. Almost took him. Almost my Pittsburgh Steelers. I think this is kind of where you have to be involved. And and look, you know, maybe we don't like Kenny Pickett, but he's a first round pick. He's from Pittsburgh. Steelers are going to give him a long leash. I mean, a lot of the stuff I read this week was about how they skipped on Dan Marino 39 years ago and they're still regretting it. So 
They're going to give Kenny Pickett the Pitt- is not Dan Marino. Let's just I know. Out there too, okay? well, well, yeah, but they both went to Pittsburgh. That's the connection, right? Yeah. So like and the Steelers skipped on Marino and didn't take him. And Marino is a Hall of Famer. So now the whole city <laughs> is happy that they got their Pittsburgh guy. And look, even if you don't like him as much, think about what Kirk Cousins has going on in Minnesota, right? With all the talent surrounded around him. That's what the Steelers are trying to do. That's why they took Pickens. They have Deontay. Claypool is there. They drafted Najee. Freermuth was a second-round pick last year. They're surrounding this dude with weapons. So even if he's a guy that's going to throw short routes and the make everybody else do the work, that is how it's going to be in Pittsburgh. Kenny Pickett is the guy. So um, he is my pick here. And we move on over to uh, Pat. You are up again. Who's going to be in the second round? I'm going to make a quick point about uh, Pickett and Willis. I think in a super flex, you have to take Pickett higher. And he's probably the only guy who deserves to go in the first round. But in a one QB, I actually would take Willis over uh, Pickett because of the higher upside. You know, where you only have to fill that one QB position and there's not quite as much of a demand on it. I would personally take Willis. I know a lot of people are probably going to think I'm crazy for that after the NFL, you know, gave him the big thumbs down uh, like a, you know, cruel Roman emperor. But anyway, (laughs) so moving on to the pick at 205, I'm going to take Rashad White who goes and could maybe be if uh, anything were to ever happen to Leonard Fournette, just a one for one replacement. Um, I think the wild card, like, can he get on the field? Can he pass block well enough that they trust him to, you know, block for Tom Brady? And I kind of think like that's one of the the selling points of Rashad White's game that he showed a willingness to do this. This guy's kind of a, a beast, you know, like a physical dude. And, um, you know, like that's why some of these other guys, that's why Ronald Jones kind of never got a foothold that and he couldn't catch passes. But like, Upside in the passing game gives Rashad White some traction, I think, early in Tampa. Uh, I I like the White pick. Um, I don't have him as high as you do, but I am a Leonard Fournette stand. So uh, I I understand this pick, uh, and I appreciate it. Uh, D-Bro, you just sniped me. Uh, Very (laughs) aggravating. So uh, who is your pick here in the second round? (laughs) This is our guy, too. I I hate that you you got him. Bugs. I love oh, it. Um, Jalen Tolbert, my dude, uh, South Alabama. I I mean, look, he got the draft capital I wanted. I thought he could have possibly snuck into the second round, but going to the Cowboys, look, Michael Gallup is not going to be probably healthy to start the season. I love Tolbert's game. Um, he tested fine for what I thought he needed to do. He got decent enough draft capital. Um, look, is it a perfect landing spot where he's going to slot in as the number two? Yeah. You got CD lamb, you got Gallup there and stuff like that, but look, talent finds a way and Jalen Tolbert's got talent and he's got the ability to earn targets. So I'll just take the draft capital and go with the talent. I think he's already better than Gallup. So even a a healthy Gallup, no no shade for me. I think he's better than him. He's not going to get doubled up because CD lamb's going to get doubled up. Dalton Schultz also very good. So going to see a lot of one-on-ones against some of these corners and make them look silly. Uh, So I, I love this pick. Hey, look, you know, Pat, uh, you kind of made my point for me with this pick. I'm taking Malik Willis here. This is, uh, you know, for this team, I would have Garrett Wilson, the first round, Malik Willis in the second round. It's just, the fact that there's so much talent there. The arm is there. The legs are there. You can't teach these things. Look at what Jalen Hurts is. Jalen Hurts isn't even a good NFL-level quarterback. But because he runs, he, he has 
he has great fantasy value. I, you know, look, I think he's above average. I wouldn't say he's great, right? That that that's what I would say. He's not in the upper tier of NFL quarterbacks. He's good, but I think with a little bit of seasoning, sitting behind Ryan Tannehill, probably for two seasons. This is an investment pick. Um, that then Malik Wills can take over and be a, a huge weapon uh, for the fantasy community. So I am very excited about him, even though he slipped to the third round. I still think he's got a ton of talent. So that is who I'm going with here. And that is going to put Pat back up here. Yeah, I'll break the seal on tight ends with Trey McBride. Um, didn't totally love the landing spot because he's yeah, going to go like to it. where Zach Ertz is, which is not ideal. I mean, Ertz is getting up there. I think this is going to be his age 30 or 31 season. Um, you know, so not ideal. You're going to have to sit and wait. But I think even with the suboptimal landing spot that McBride is still the class of this tight end group. Yeah, I, I McBride, the, the landing spot killed me uh, because uh, I, I he's behind. Not only is he behind Ertz, but you don't use tight ends in an air raid uh, type of system as much. Ertz and McBride are kind of the exceptions, but I don't know how much time he's going to see without a Zach Ertz injury this season. So uh, also burn me. So uh, Debro, uh, your second to last pick in the second round. You are up, sir. I am going to go with a guy and I've got two guys really, they're in a similar tier. I'm going to go with the guy that I think is, can earn a role uh, walking uh, easier walking into this season. And I'm going to go with Isaiah Spiller. Um, okay. And I think a lot of people could expect and The other guy that I have in this tier is going to be um, Brian Robinson, but the looking at landing spots and contracts and things of that nature, like I think Spiller and the Chargers have wanted a running mate for Austin Eckler. The fact of it is, is that Larry Roundtree was bad. He wasn't that guy. Joshua Kelly, as much as I liked him as a prospect, he was worse bad. than Larry. He Roundtree. wasn't that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Both of them were terrible. And I think the Chargers literally do not want to run Austin Eckler into the ground. So I think Isaiah Spiller is going to have a role in year one and the the worries that I have with, with Brian Robinson is that you still have JD McKissick there for two years. You still have Antonio Gibson there for two seasons. So something has to happen to one of those guys. Cause Gibson has the early downs and McKissick has the passing downs. So half of his rookie contract is blocked by these two guys. So that's where the tier break comes for me in, in splitting hairs between these two players. I think Spiller, despite having the fourth round capital versus the third, I think Spiller can have a role walking into year one. And if you don't believe that he has a role, maybe entering year two or he, he doesn't look great. You could probably flip him a little bit easier than Brian Robinson. Yeah. And I think I said, um, McKissick on Buffalo, uh, earlier, I meant Duke Johnson because it was originally McKissick and then Duke Johnson, but I'm with you. It's funny because I don't have Spiller in this range, but Brian Robinson is going to be my pick here. And the reason I like Brian Robinson over a, a guy like Spiller is because I think this allows Washington to do what they want with Antonio Gibson. And I think if you keep giving Antonio Gibson those carries, it's a lot like uh, what you just said about Austin Eckler. You don't want to run this guy in into the ground. And uh, Gibson had more experience at wide receiver coming out of Memphis than he did running back. He played one, running back for one season. So he's way more experienced as a wideout. I think you take Gibson, you can put him in the spot, slot. You can get both these guys on the field at the same time. Brian Robinson, very underrated. I think he's similar to, to Josh Jacobs, who was a first rounder for the Raiders. I think because of 
you know, what is happening with running backs overall in the NFL that he gets pushed down a little bit, um, his value and he, you know, doesn't get taken until the third in this draft, but I'm a big Brian Robinson fan. So I will take him here. Uh, Pat, you were up for your last pick in the second round. Bogman, I think you and I got some uh, NFL draft vindication when we saw David Bell sneak into round two. (laughs) And, uh, you know, a guy some people thought might be a sixth or seventh round pick based on his, you know, pedestrian 40 time and, you know, not scintillating athletic testing. But this is a dude who, you know, walked into West Lafayette, broke out as an 18 year old freshman over his three year career, averaged better than 100 yards uh, a game. And I think eight catches a game, just a guy who was really productive and uh, now a chance to be the starting slot right away with Jarvis Landry, still a free agent, looking like he's not going to resign, goes to a good quarterback, going to play with uh, Deshaun Watson. And I would not be shocked if he was second on the Browns in targets this year behind Amari Cooper. Yeah, I mean, they are desperate for somebody to catch the ball. So David Bell, uh, being uh, a potential PPR option, could be huge this year. Uh, Debro, you are up for two. Uh, the last pick in the second round, first pick in the third round. Oh, this is a gross <laughs> pick, but I'm going to go ahead and make it. Um, I'm going to take a swing on draft capital here. Uh, as much as I'm not a fan of the player, and I'm not a fan of what the Patriots did in the draft, uh, which was god-awful. Uh, I'm going to go Tyquan Thornton, wide receiver out of Baylor, uh, to the Patriots. I'm going to take him here with my first pick. It's, it really comes down to he's a second second round wide receiver. And we get things wrong in Dynasty all the time. And if this happens to be one of those situations where we get it wrong and he ends up being better than we think, then basically we need to lean into draft capital. Yeah. So he's my first pick. Um, and then I, I can't even believe I'm doing this. I didn't realize I was doing it until we're sitting here on the show, but I'm going to stay in new England and I'm going to take my dude Pierre strong. Although again, I hate this landing spot. Um, I I'm in between him and a few other players like Darion Davis price. Maybe, um, that's the other guy that I was considering possibly here, but again, you're talking about, we don't know what the 49ers are going to do. Tyron Davis price could just be the new Trey Sermon. And Kyle Shannon says, I hate you too. And you go to the bench. <laughs> so who knows, man? So or he uh, could those... be the lead back. And Eli Mitchell. He could, he could I be mean, the lead yeah. back. Yeah. That that's, I mean, Tyrion Davis price is a huge gamble because he went higher than pretty much everyone expected him to. Uh, I know my boy, Eric Proton uh, was talking him up, but he's the only one I, I know that that was talking. I Tyrion never Davis thought he was going to be a third round pick ever, yeah. ever, ever, ever. Yeah, I, I'm with you. So, uh, Pat, you are up for your first pick in the third round. This team has Hall and Bell. Who are you adding to the squad? Yeah, I just got to uh, tweak Debro here and say that Pierre Strong's already 25. By the time something opens up for him, and uh, he's going to be like 30 by the time he, there's a, <laughs> any sort of a runway for him in New England. So I've seen that on different places. Because running backs don't get hurt, I, Pat. Yeah, come on. I've <laughs> seen that on different places. And honestly, I, I thought his age was 23 because um, there was rumors out that thought he was 25. But unless I'm wrong, I think he's 23. I will have to check that, man. I I thought I saw 25. If he's 25, then yeah. I mean, look, we're talking about the Velas Jones of running backs, you know? So, yeah. Debro's tweaking his math already here in the third round. So, yeah. And I'm. (laughs) And I'm getting on Debro, and I'm going to take a guy who's uh, torn both of his ACLs with Zamir White. <laughs> and so, like, I know a lot of people hated that pick. I know Debro wasn't a fan from uh, listening on the live stream, but. Oh, we have know, an article that we're going to fight about that. It's coming up. That's it's right. Up. And we know the Raiders just declined the fifth year option on yeah. Josh Jacobs, which is kind of a big deal. And, like, Zamir 
this guy, he is tough, man. Thank I you. know he's a two down grinder, but this guy's one like the most physical back possibly in this class. I mean, this dude is just uh, I don't know. Like he's a competitor and Yes, he has a very specific role, and it's a less valuable role in PPR, but hey, we're we're in the third round here in a one QB league. So uh I think there's some value at the top of the third. Uh I, I'm I'm with you on Zamir White. I like him. The landing spot, not my favorite because Jacobs is in front of you of him. But like you said, he won't be on the team next year, it seems like, unless they give him a they're gonna have to pay him way more than that fifth year option if they do want to keep them. So, uh, so we'll see, but uh, for my pick here, I'm going to take Desmond Ritter, the quarterback of the Falcons. Once again, a guy that is playing quarterback, that is an athlete, probably first before he's a quarterback, but he can make plays with his legs. If he does get the chance. And I know a lot of comps were to Marcus Mariota, um, but he, if he does get the chance to start this year, it's probably not good for his long-term um, look. I want him to sit a year behind Mariota. Although, you know, the backup quarterback is the most popular guy in town all the time. So he could have some uh, could have a little run this year. But this is another investment pick to see if there's any upside from a running quarterback. So, Debro, your second pick in the third round, who you got? I I'm in between two guys that I love here. Um I'm going to go with the guy that I think got a little bit better landing spot um, and a guy that I that, look, he tested out of the gym. Um, I want to go with Jelani Woods tight end that went to the Colts. Uh, and this comes down to Moali Cox. Yes, he's there. Colin Granson's there. Yes. Frank Reich has used a committee of tight ends. Those are all things that are true, but Moali Cox, they can get out of his contract. If it's not, it's not this season, but next he's gonna be 30. I mean, Jelani Woods has the upside, the athleticism. I think Matt Ryan's at least an indie for the next two seasons. Uh, so, I mean, look, you're going to tell me that they took a guy that's like, honestly, like could have broke a lot of different athletic models for the tight end position. Yeah. yeah. I'll take the swing on the upside. Bruce Feldman freak. I love Jelani Woods like that pick a lot. Uh, Pat, your next pick in the third round. This team's got Burks and McBride. All right. If our co colleague Andrew Erickson watches this, he's going to flip out because they're a guy he loves who's still on the board. And I'm going to pass him yet again. And Do, take, it. Uh, Do a it. Guy, I'm going to take a guy I love, uh, Khalil Shakir, who winds Ooh. up tied to Josh Allen in Buffalo, man. And I know they've got uh, uh, Jameson Crowder still there, like probably number one on the depth chart at slot guy. But like, I think Jameson Crowder's always been kind of overrated and i think shakir is gonna like go sailing by him in training camp i mean i just love this dude's competitiveness a guy who was a a captain as a junior and just like a total baller um love the landing spot and i think it's not going to be long before james uh before shakir is josh allen's slot guy First of all, how dare you on uh, Jameson Crowder hate? We love Crowder here <laughs> for PPR leagues. Just a last round guy you can take. He's going to get you 70 catches. Love Crowder. Uh, you know, and, and number two, I think James Cooks. James Cook takes a lot of that role in, in the slot as well. So I'm not as high on Shakir as you are, but I do love him. He's a guy I pointed out um, uh, before uh, we started this whole process. Uh, here, I'm just going to go ahead and do it. Give me Wandale Robinson, the wide receiver, going uh, to the New York Jets. I know that uh, it's an issue, or New York Giants, excuse me. I know it's an issue because, uh, you know, they have Kadarius Toney, who's pretty much Wandale Robinson. Uh, and so they already have that guy on the roster, and he was a first-round pick last season. But 
Tony has requested a trade, number one. And number two, this is a brand new coaching staff, whole new regime, all that good stuff. So they are absolutely not pot committed uh, to uh, Kadarius Tony at all. Another guy, I think, does not end up on the Giants roster at the beginning of the season. I think he gets traded for a, a later round pick because he causes a stink in camp and Wandell Robinson can take that slot role from day one, hopefully. And he, he's going to spell a little bit of Saquon in the backfield too, because they didn't draft a running back after interviewing every single one that was in this draft. I was kind of surprised to see that they didn't take one. So uh, for me, Wando Robinson, even though the landing spot looks bad, I'm still going to bank on the talent. Uh, D bro, you are back up. Who's it going to be here? I'm going to take the other guy that I was talking about earlier. I'm going to take Terry on Davis price. Um, I'm going to go with draft capital. I know the landing spot and we, I just said all these different things about San Francisco running backs, but it's a third round running back and he tested better than what, you know, a lot of us thought that he was going to test. Um, so the fact that he, he ran under four or five, he's got the size, and at this point of the draft, I mean, you're looking at, do you take shots on draft capital like you just did, Boggs, with the wide receiver position? Um, do you go tight ends? Do you, If you're going to go with the running back position, you're looking at guys in the third or fourth round right now. So I'm just going to take the guy off the top, top and basically in the best offense we have left and with the highest draft capital. That's where it's going. Third, third round, we're getting the dart throws for sure yeah. here. And, and I like that dart throw on Tyrion Davis-Price because like we said, we don't know what he's going to end up being uh, for the Niners. So I'm absolutely with you. Uh, Pat, this squad has got Olave and Rashad White. Who are you adding to this bunch? I'm going with another running back and going to make uh, Andrew Erickson happy and take his guy Tyler Algier here. <laughs> I mean, like I'm, I'm being talent agnostic here somewhat, like not one of my favorite backs in this class, but I don't know that I'm the best uh, evaluator of running back talent. I do know that there is a clear runway for him in Atlanta where it's basically just Cordero Patterson. They released Mike Davis. I mean, there's a chance for Algier to play a significant role right away. So I'm pretty much going for that path to instant playing time. I am torn on who to take in this spot. So I'm just going to go ahead and, and do it. I like Romeo Dubs. I like the landing spot with Green Bay. I think there's ample opportunity to him uh, for him to, to be the deep threat on this team, you know, and I know we're going to want Watson to get a lot of those deep balls and everything, but dubs is a guy that was open for Carson strong a ton. We know uh, Carson strong wasn't shifting around and uh, scrambling a lot. So these are pretty clean routes that Romeo dubs is running as well. So I think that Aaron Rodgers is going to really like this guy from day one. So uh, I'm going to go with Romeo dubs here. And that puts Debro back on the clock for your last pick here. Who's it going to be? Look, if, if I'm in a draft and I have a third round pick, I'm trying not to leave the draft with this. This is one of my guys. I've been pounding the table for him religiously. The, the landing spot was not what I wanted, um, considering they signed two tight ends that are under contract for the next two years. But take your guys when you get to this point of a dynasty rookie draft. Go with the guys that you like the talent and say the hell with the landing spot. Follow the draft capital. Follow talent. Give me Jeremy Ruckert from Ohio State. Um, I... I love him. Pat like, and I love honestly, this guy. Yeah. Love Jeremy Ruckert. And this, as much as I crapped on the, the, the Tyler Algier pick, this one makes uh, my dude Erickson happy. Um, Cause we, <laughs> he, we both, um, I think we bet him second or third tight end off the board in the draft. And I think that he is going to have a very, very productive, a better career as a pro than he did at Ohio state. 
yeah, I mean, that it's a very interesting pick here. I like Rucker a lot. He ends up in his hometown team, too, which he always – I always kind of like to see that stuff when a guy uh, ends up on a team that he uh, grew up rooting for. Uh, Pat, you're up for your last pick. Who is your last pick of this mock going to be? Debro said it. Get your guys. So I'm going to go for Tyler Beatty, uh, the guy we talked about. It's kind of been a sneaky guy who goes to a run-heavy team in Baltimore. And, you know, we've got their lead guy Dobbins coming off a major injury. I've always thought Gus Edwards' foothold in the NFL was a little bit uncertain. So, you know, Beatty was a guy who just got it done even when SEC teams knew who Missouri was getting the ball to because they had no one else in that offense. And, uh, you know, Beatty still – Turned out the yardage and got a high volume of carry. So I don't think he's going to be a heavy duty guy in the NFL like he was at Mizzou, but, uh, you know, I think he could be successful. Give the running, the Ravens one running back that can catch the ball on a consistent basis too, because it's not something that they have had. I know Dobbins uh, has not been that guy so far, although I really want him to be. Uh, last pick in this draft, Pat just said it, get your guys. I'm going to take Ty Chandler, the running back in North Carolina. My, uh, What I've been saying about him the whole offseason is this guy is Willie Parker if he could catch. So, uh, and run routes. So, uh, Andy can return kicks for you. And Alexander Madison is gone from this team after this year because they gave Dalvin Cook the extension. This is more of a, if you, if you are rostering Dalvin Cook, you want to draft Ty Chandler to have the handcuff in a dynasty league because running back position is brutal. We've seen Cook go down before. Madison has stepped up. This is a, you know, probably still going to be a run first team. So, I really like Ty Chandler. Uh, ending up in Minnesota if he wasn't going to go in the top three rounds. So uh, that is going to wrap it up for us. Debro, your final thoughts on this mock and, um, you know, anyone, is it crazy to be doing your rookie draft this early? Shouldn't you be waiting until like after at least rookie camp or anything? No, I've got four rookie drafts that are going on as we speak. They kicked off. Doing? Um, come on, man. Like, and I got, I got three more that are going to start uh, within the next uh, three I'm or four excited, days. I'm excited, but I'm also practical. I want to wait. I mean, that's well, we're going. not even going to go down the D, the D-Gen rabbit hole because I had two rookie drafts <laughs> that were before the NFL draft. So, oh, uh, look, I'm, I'm here for all the mocks, guys. This was fantastic. I love all the analysis on the players that we went for. And, yeah, when it comes down to it, you get in these middle rounds, take the shots on the guys that you believe in. Right. Um, and, honestly, if you're going to be layering the back end of the bottom of your roster with taxi squad guys, go with a lot of these running backs because we see the injuries and you see guys like Elijah Mitchell and other guys from previous seasons hit. So even if they're not the long-term answer, flip them, flip them in a trade and get yourself a pick back in 2023 or 2024 where you're like, Hey, I just created equity for my dynasty team. I took a fourth round pick and I turned it into a second round pick. That's called a W people. That's right. Exactly right. I love that thought process. Pat, your uh, thoughts on, on your, your final thoughts on, on this mock and uh, moving forward with this rookie class. Yeah. Um, I'm with D bro. Scratch that itch. Do the rookie drafts early. Um, <laughs> yes. Unpredictable. We, we saw some surprises. Get your guy. Don't be completely beholden to draft capital. Cause uh, you know, sometimes we've seen, look at how many bad receivers the Patriots have drafted in like the early rounds before. So, you know, it's possible we know more than the Patriots do. And uh, you know, based on this past draft, I think there's a good chance that's the case. So, yeah. I mean, even, even Joe said it for his Patriots. He said, I think Belichick is just an old man at the wheel of a car at this point. So I think he let his team driving anymore. So I think he let his dog Nike do the drafting this year. I think (laughs) Nike was at the computer. Nike do it. My joke Um, was that I thought Patricia and judge took over the room. They kicked him 
out, locked him outside. Uh, and you can find that voice at Debro underscore FFB on the Twitter. Debro, what is coming up for you uh, and what should we all be paying attention for? Yeah, I mean, right now I'm updating all the uh, the Dynasty profiles in their Dynasty Rookie Draft Kit, so check out those. Um, and yeah, I mean, all, obviously all my content could be found at Fantasy Pro. So going through the ranks, uh, I'm still tweaking. I mean, you know, we all updated our ranks, but still, as you have time to let some of this stuff kind of like simmer and marinate and get even spicier inside your head, then I'm constantly tw- tweaking the ranks, both Superflex yeah. and uh, Rookie ranks over at Fantasy Pros. That's why I want to wait, too, because I want to hear what some of these coaches have to say, how these guys look in rookie minute camp. See if there's an injury that pops up, too, that can make one Come of these on, guys. Come on, Box. Pull the trigger. Valuable. Pull the trigger. I know. I know. Look, I, I'll be doing some drafts pretty soon here. Uh, Live dangerously. But, but, but I, I want to wait. Uh, but uh, Pat, at Fitz underscore FF, what do we got coming up for you? Uh, as Debro said, we're constantly tinkering with these rankings post-draft, and we've got this best ball draft kit coming out. So the degenerate multi-draft players who do a lot of best ball, they're going to want to check this out. Yes. Yeah. So come, that, come to Fantasy Pros and check it out. That's right. I'm way more on the best ball than your rookie drafts right now. I'm all about the best <laughs> ball and finding deals uh, right now, and I love that we're going to have that best ball kit. Uh, I uh, currently, you know, I'm doing my fantasy football show over at in this league as well as this one. I'm doing stages for uh, fantasy pros on the discord every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern. So you guys can check that out as well. If you want to talk some dynasty or anything NFL and find me on Twitter for at at Bogman sports on all my stuff. You can find me on leading off on Tuesdays with Joe Pizapia as well. And anytime that the Welsh is cursed and cannot show up, I'm usually there for him as well. So check that out, but we will see you guys next week. Take it easy, everybody. Thanks for listening to the fantasy pros dynasty football podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Fantasy Pros and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see... See what music does to people. 
it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.